freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 337 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is anti-red flag laws, and our guest today is Oklahoma State Representative Jay Stiegel. Representative Stiegel serves at House District 43 in the Oklahoma House of Representatives. Representative Stiegel also owns and operates a gun store and served our country as a senior KC-135 pilot in U.S. Air Force Reserves. With extensive experience defending this country throughout his military service and now owning and operating operating a local gun shop, Jay considers himself a fearless defender of our constitutional rights. His strong belief that without the Second Amendment, we would be ill-equipped to defend the rest of the Bill of Rights is one shared by our founding fathers. Welcome to the show, Representative Stiegel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and, and maybe share a little bit of perspective from an Oklahoman's view. And thank you for your service, too. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. We have family that lives in your state, so I know that they are very proud uh, Oklahomans, and uh, uh, they're excited that you're on the show today. They're excited to watch this interview. Um, so speaking of the fact that we, particularly us, uh, you know, strong advocates of the Second Amendment, have family that lives there in your state, uh, we're very interested. What what is the status currently of the Bill of Rights in the state of Oklahoma? Well, I like to think that the Bill of Rights itself is extremely strong here in Oklahoma and the faith that we've put in uh, the Constitution itself uh, is still very strong as well. We've got a lot of uh, liberty lovers here in the state of Oklahoma uh, as, uh, as we see the way that we vote. Uh, we're, we're typically very red in the way that we vote. And I think it's because at our core, at our conservative core, we believe in those principles that our founders put in place for us some 240 years ago now, uh, so that we can exercise the liberties and freedoms that we've been uh, endowed by our creator with. Absolutely. And you particularly have been instrumental in helping to protect and preserve this document that our founders our founding fathers and mothers fought, bled, starved, and died to even have the opportunity to put quill to parchment to give us this inheritance. And I know that every person who is elected to office takes an oath to protect and preserve and defend it, but not everyone takes it quite as seriously as, as I think I've seen you do. What, 
What do you think makes you unique in that area? Well, I, I appreciate that. And yes, I have taken the oath, the same oath that every other legislator and military member for that matter has taken, and that's to support, obey, and defend the Constitution. So over the course of my 22 years in the military, I've taken the oath uh, there seven times and another two times uh, here in the state legislature. So it is something that, that I do hold near and dear to my heart because um, here's the deal. I made a promise to the American people to support, obey, and defend their constitution. This is the supreme law of the land because the people said it is. Mm -hmm. So I, even though I got to do some really cool stuff in the military, I never made a promise to the American people that I was going to grow up and be a, a really good pilot in the Air Force, even though I was. Mm -hmm. but, the, uh, <laughs> but the promise that I made to them was, was that I was going to protect and secure their rights by obeying, supporting, and defending the constitution. So it's a little more than an oath to me. This is a call to action that every legislator takes when they raise their right hand and they swear to uphold the Constitution itself. Absolutely. So I'm just a guy trying to do his job. Just a guy Jay, trying to there, do his job. I wish yeah, more, more right. people, men and women, were trying to do that job. Jay, it's like on some of the people that work for our government or represent our government, Sometimes you need to have a camera at their back to see if they're crossing their fingers or something. Because <laughs> there are people that don't follow the Constitution, and I don't know how they continue to be able to serve our country when when it's blatant that they're not following the Constitution. Well, and that's a really good point. Uh, I would like to think that it's as easy as picking the document up itself and reading it. You know, Article Four, Section Four in the Constitution itself guarantees every state in this country, a Republican form of government. So it is our job to ensure that we have the representative form of government that we uh, get to enjoy here in this country, the one that's lasted uh, through this experiment of 240 years. It's, it's on us as, uh, as the people and as elected officials representing those people to make sure that that form of government is guaranteed to every individual in the country. Mm -hmm. It's like any other natural right that we have. It existed before the writing of the Constitution, and it existed after the writing of the Constitution. It's how do we secure those rights? Well, that's our that's our job. Right, and I, and I give you a lot of credit because you you risked your life to save our country and to keep our country true, and then you work besides people that haven't lifted a finger for for us for our rights and are trying to destroy our rights. Yeah, you know, uh, I've got a lot of friends that I grew up with that uh, will come pat me on the back every once in a while and say, you know, I, I wanted to join the military, but I just didn't have a calling or, you know, something else came up in my life, whatever it was. And I say, you know what, it's okay. This is a team effort. We got to have people to pay taxes. <laughs> we got to mm -hmm. have people uh, to help make the wheels on the economy bus go around and around. With, We've got to have your support. So, uh, you know, I applaud those people uh, for waking up every morning and going out and making things happen. Those are our productive members of society. Uh, and as, as a member of our free society, I support that. Uh, what, I, what is frustrating from time to time, like you said, are those that will try to twist the meaning of our constitution, the words, the contract, if you will, to try to utilize it against us, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, it's their right, it's their first amendment right, their freedom of speech, 
to say what they want to about this country, and I'll always support their right to do it. Mm-hmm. However, I have a right to a rebuttal, mm-hmm. and so do you. So does everybody listening to the show today. Uh, it, it's our job to correct them if they're wrong. How do how do we have a a civil discussion about this and again I'll, I'll just point back to the document and say well here's what the book says mm-hmm. in my years of flying uh so i did fly kc-135 as you mentioned uh in, in all my years of flying uh you know occasionally we have an evaluation pop up uh, that we're due for the, to be graded how well are we doing and i'd sit at the desk with an evaluator and they would ask a list of questions and if i didn't know the, the answer right off i'd say you know what i know where that answer is let me go look that up right quick. And if we would just start doing that in our daily conversations with people when it comes to what our constitutional rights are and what our liberties are and what, our, what the job of our government is, uh, man, how, how healthy of a conversation could that be? And how much wrong could we right simply by having a discussion about what's written in the contract? Amen. Amen. How simple. We, we overcomplicate things. And when you talk about you know, twisting things that really kind of leads us into um, the next question. And, and the, the reason that I themed today's um, uh, conversation, anti-red flag laws, uh, because you had a hand in passing um, SB 1081. It's an anti-red flag gun law bill that was signed into law in May of 2020 by your Oklahoma governor, Kevin Stitt. Um Talk to us about, first of all, just briefly, what is a red flag gun law? What is an anti-red flag gun law? And how can you encourage other states to have the backbone and the courage like to, Arizona. Uh, <laughs> to follow <laughs> suit? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to point any, fing- any fingers at you. <laughs> no. Three or four point right back at me, right? Uh, however, uh, Senator Nathan Dom over the Oklahoma City did did a tremendous job for our state uh, when he drafted this language. He came to me with it and he said, hey, I've got something that's right up your alley. Uh, I own a gun store out in Yukon, Oklahoma, just west of Oklahoma City. And he said, so, hey, I, I know you'll understand the firearms perspective of this. I know you're a big Second Amendment guy. You're a, a proper government kind of guy. Will you run this over in the house? And I said, I, yeah, send it to me. I'll take a look at it. Within two minutes of receiving this bill, I read it and I said, I'm putting my name on that. I want to run that in the house. Uh, so if other states want to want to get on board with language like this, uh, you know, I'd ask them if I was the guy doing the sales pitch, I'd say, just watch what Oklahoma does. We've got some great folks over there that write model legislation that the rest of the country can pick up and run with. Uh, so to, to your question, you know, what is a red flag law? And just to put it in real simple terms, this is the governments, uh, whether they're at federal, state or local levels, uh, going into someone's house and seizing their property uh, without any kind of due process at all. Uh, and in particular, what we're talking about here is the, the seizing of firearms. Uh, what we had seen, the, the reason this was so important to Nathan Dom and I both, uh, what we had seen is red flag laws being implemented by some municipalities, some counties in different parts of the country uh, where local officials were going into uh, homeowners places and seizing firearms without any kind of warrant. Uh, sometimes it was simple, uh, something as simple as their neighbor was just mad at them, called the police and said, hey, crazy Joe next door has a shotgun. I'm afraid he's going to use it on me. So the police show up. Uh, 
they're attempting to do the job that they've been charged with, and they're most of the time putting a no-win situation, especially when it comes to ordinances or, or laws that have been put in place uh, that you and I would probably consider unconstitutional. So our purpose for running this red, this anti-red flag law, which was, by the way, the nation's first anti-red flag law. By the way. We're doing great things out here. Uh, so there were there were a couple of different things that we were wanting to fix by running this legislation. First and foremost, we wanted to stop the illegal, unconstitutional seizure of property. Second, we wanted to put something that would help stop putting our law enforcement in some of these strange predicaments. They were showing up at somebody's house unannounced uh, with the expectation that they would go in uh, and, and seize this property. Okay, so we, we talk about uh, why it is that we ran this bill. And, uh, and like I said, there were, there were two key components to that. We've gotten a lot of phone calls in support of this, especially from our law enforcement agents. Uh, we've gotten some support from this, uh, from calls from our constituents. And we've been able to highlight some situations in the state where municipalities have illegally seized uh, property. So we're, you know, having to fight this out in court right now, or th those folks are, and we're tooling them up uh, with this kind of language to protect their rights. So the funny thing about these red flag laws is they not only violate someone's Second Amendment rights, but also their first, their fourth, their Absolutely. fifth, sixth. Absolutely. Eighth, ninth. And if you wanted to talk about a federal mandate of a red flag law, it would also violate the Tenth Amendment. Wow. Absolutely. Overstepping into Absolutely. states' rights, for sure. That's right. And you know, the, the, the weird thing about this law that they seem to think is a holy grail to stop violence is that the, taking away a tool doesn't solve the problem. If they have a problem with a person, then you take away that, they're going to use something else. Mm -hmm. Why not concentrate on the person who is the problem, mm -hmm. right? When you have evidence and you know that this person is a threat to society, then, then you send law enforcement to deal with it. But mm -hmm. taking away one tool doesn't stop them from using another tool, right? And right. to be you honest with you, right, if they came into my house and took my guns, well, that they took the ones that they knew I had. <laughs> but what about the others? I mean, come on. I mean, and the ones that I forgot I had, right? They're still there. So it's not an effective law in the first place. And putting the law enforcement in danger, mm -hmm. that is super important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we back the blue. Uh, you know, those, those folks had a tough job. They wear the uniform just like I did, only on a, on a different uh, job site, right? So right. sometimes they see uh, the worst people on their worst days. Sometimes they see the best people on their worst days. Right. Uh, so they have a tough job. We got to give it up to them. But we, we need to do our job as legislators to make sure that they have the tools and the protections to do the job so that they can serve and protect our communities. And at the same time, we need to be able to protect our constituents, our citizens of our state and our country against the overreach of a government from any level. Right. Absolutely. So when you passed, when you helped pass this law, did it, what kind of rebuttals did you get that, did any of them make sense? No. <laughs> That's why I, word. I can answer no. that because I knew that was the way it was. There is none that makes yeah. sense. That's right. 
So it's, it's true. You know, it's it's very difficult to defend uh, the government's desire to infringe on someone's right to due process or their or their right to be secure in their home the, right. and their effects and their papers. How how do you justify that uh, in rebuttal? to something like an anti-red flag law. I, I think you just look silly trying to do that. And of course it flies in the face of what our constitutional provisions are anyway. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, if, if anything tells us in real time how excessive people can be with their, their, their newfound, you know, power over their neighbors, just look at the last year and a half with people going completely over the top with, you know, telling on their neighbors about having guests over during COVID, right? Or, you know, the masking stuff and, and all of that. And if, if you think that the person in your scenario earlier says, hey, I don't like that crazy Joe, crazy Joe, in their estimation, crazy Joe, probably because they're, they're fighting over, you know, lawnmower noise or something. Um, Their uh, estimation of, of, of what Joe can and should have and how he should live his life. Um, you know, we, we have really seen uh, how people can abuse uh, that kind of power over their neighbor. And, and if you don't think they're going to abuse it when it comes to something as, as polarizing as firearms, as um, politically, which is so sad, right? That the second amendment has become a political football, um, you know, politically steeped, um, a topic as the second amendment, this is just no place for people to be empowered in such a way to say they think their neighbor is crazy. Um, so I so applaud that you have stepped up and helped to pass this anti red flag law in Oklahoma. Yeah. And send a copy of that to our legislature. Yeah, please. no doubt. And I do want to <laughs> reference that when she says crazy Joe, she's just talking in general, Joe, crazy not a particular <laughs> joe just just so that's clear, i don't even right? know what you could possibly be talking about okay, right now all right i'm just just want to make sure that's clear that it can, it can be everybody a flag, knows a joe it could be a bill right? or it could be a gym it just joe rolled with the words right oh my okay. gosh okay moving along sorry about that okay <laughs> all right you have clearly lived a life dedicated to service first to the military and now in public office and i just wondered if you would Kind of touch on the time you spent in service and flying. I'm I'm assuming you were flying that airplane that the picture is over your shoulder there. Uh, so uh, the shoulder that was yes. Uh, <laughs> I did spend a little bit of time on the C-130, and that's what this airplane is that you can see behind me. There's a picture above it of the KC-135. Uh, so in 2005, I was hired by the. Uh, the Air National Guard unit here in Oklahoma City to be a C-130 navigator. But if we were to go all the way back to the beginning of my military uh, career, I started off in the Oklahoma Air National, or I'm sorry, the Oklahoma Army National Guard back in 1996. I was in a, in a small uh, recon uh, scout unit uh, where I spent almost seven years before going over to the, the Air Guard side of things. So I, I got my commission in 05. Uh, in 06, started flying the the, the uh, C-130, and then we had a mission change at our unit uh, where we were associated now with the reserve unit out at Tinker, and we were going to start flying the KC-135s. So there were no navigators on the KC-135s, and I had to either transfer to another unit 
or uh, interview for a pilot position. Luckily, uh, I was hired to be a KC-135 pilot, so this nice. is more schooling for me. Uh, but <laughs> in uh, 2011, I started flying the KC-135 operationally. I deployed nine times uh, over the course of my career and uh, spent a large majority of my time flying over Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, uh, out of various locations over in the Middle East, uh, as well as uh, a stint over uh, in the Pacific. So what did the KC-135, what was your, what did you do with your plane? Uh, We passed gas. Okay, <laughs> that's fantastic. And we all, and we also refueled other airplanes. Okay, and Everybody you also refueled so, so, okay. other airplanes. So it was a refueling plane. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Right. That is fantastic. Pass, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to ask that question again. <laughs> no. I, I love putting it that way. You never know what kind of response you're going to get. Yeah, it's like nobody loves. Nobody loves a good dad joke like Dan. So he's going to use that at least four <laughs> yeah. times later yeah. today. He's going to tell that. So <laughs> I love it. Um, so talk to us, uh, you and, uh, is it Nathan, uh, Nathan Dahm? Senator mm-hmm. Nathan, Nathan Dahm, yes. um, both in, in Oklahoma are working on something called a Cuba resolution uh, from, from Oklahoma uh extending, um, you know, whatever care you can to a neighboring nation, Cuba. Talk to us about that. So a few weeks ago, uh, Senator Nathan Dom and I uh, both authored a resolution in our respective chambers as supporting the call for liberty uh, by those that are seeking it in communist Cuba. The message that we're trying to send not just to the Cubans that we support them in their efforts and calling for the liberties that we share and hold true here in the United States, but that it's an important part of who we are as well. There was a time in our country where communism was viewed as a a bad thing. But in our nation's history, we've seen men and women overseas to fight against uh, the movement of communism. We sought to destroy it. We knew it. We knew what kind of cancer that type of government really was, what kind of problems it was going to cause us as Americans, and how it interfered with our way of life, and we didn't want it here. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible for traits that we see in other country to start permeating our own society. Mm-hmm. which is exactly what we have going on today. Mm-hmm. We've got a wide open border to the South, which means we really don't have any borders. Mm-hmm. We've got an out of control federal government that seems to be handing out stimulus checks like it's Christmas right. with money that we don't have. Right. Money that our great grandchildren probably never be able to come up with. Mm. We've got a federal government that's looking at how to raise the, the ceiling on the debt. Mm-hmm. These are provisions that you're going to find in a Marxist communist type of government mm-hmm. where the money that you and I have made over the course of our careers is instantly devalued. Mm-hmm. Imagine trying to retire in today's economy. 
What about five or 10 years from now? What is it going to cost to own a home? What is it going to cost to buy a car? What is my retirement fund going to look like? What's, that, what's the value of that 401k? Mm-hmm. Every time our federal government prints money, they're fighting against the American people, the very people that they expect to fund these provisions. Mm-hmm. They're devaluing our dollar to the point to where we cannot possibly afford even the interest on this type of debt. We're not pushing back against communism just in Cuba. Mm -hmm. We're pushing back against communism here. Mm -hmm. And someone has to take the lead on that. Somebody's got to put the flag in the sand and say, no more. Cease and desist. So if we want to talk about how to end communism, we've got to have a real talk about it here. How to get this out of our school systems. We've got to talk about how to get it out of our system of government. Mm -hmm. And then we've got to have a real serious talk about how to end this in these small countries, even as close as Cuba. Mm -hmm. They're literally on our front porch. Mm -hmm. We went to war with multiple countries for the very reason that these people are calling for liberty down in Cuba. Mm. And it's going to take an administration with the intestinal fortitude to put their foot down and say, listen, we're not putting up with this anymore. We're going to do something about it. Absolutely. I don't think that's the type of administration that we have right now, Mm. but I hope they come out from under the ether and recognize what it is that's going on because this is an atrocity. Boy, it so is. The people of Cuba were born with the same human rights that we were. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we want to consider the United States the military power that it once was, then we're going to have to take action against those that seek to destroy our way of life, whether it's on our soil or our neighbors. It's time for us to do something. Absolutely. It, does it seem like sometimes I wonder if they're just the people that are running parts of our government, if they're just stupid or if they're purposely trying to destroy America. Then if they're, if they're stupid, then they have no place in our government. Right. If they're doing this to be malicious, we've got another set of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they have no place in our government and yet people have voted them in either out of complacency or ignorance or, or they've been duped in some way. We've been duped in some way. And it is mind boggling to me that we have such fresh real time experiences that we can look at um, Venezuela and now Cuba, right? We can look at their, their, the laws that they changed, the things that, that was implement were implemented and the results that we're looking at today where people are starving. The government is clearly oppressing uh, the, the citizens and the citizens are clamoring and pleading for help from where, what flags are they flying as they're pleading for help? The one right behind you, yeah, that one. And then people in our nation, the young people, the college age students and, and the beyond, ones that get stuff for free, they're, they're <laughs> somehow wanting to spit on and burn that flag. 
or like how the cognitive dissonance is, is mind boggling to me. How can they see what's going on and not understand that, that this, as you called us, as it is this grand experiment that is the United States is still the best possible. Uh, we, we're not perfect, but it's the best possible um, option on the entire globe. And, and we have people trying to destroy it from within. It's, it's, it's really a crazy maker for me, but thank you for, you know, doing what you can and, and Senator Nathan, Nathan Dahm for doing what you can to convey the truth through the ways that you can. That's what we have to do. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it is a team effort, and, and we've got a handful of great advocacy groups uh, here in Oklahoma. Uh, one of those, and, and I think this is something your viewers will have an appreciation for as well, is our Oklahoma Second Amendment Association. Uh, there, there are others that are in the Capitol uh, every day that we're in session up here advocating for their causes as well, and most of them are, are very liberty-minded uh, groups and individuals. Uh, so we, we applaud them too. Uh, they, they literally help us grease the skids in, in either chamber, as well as help advocate for the, the securitization and protection of all of our rights, uh, not just our Second Amendment rights, but as you so eloquently put it earlier, without our Second Amendment rights or the, the protection of those rights, how easy would it be for the rest of those to fall? Yeah. Absolutely. So I just wondered if we could retrofit those planes to to go pick up the people from Cuba that want to come here mm. and take the people that are here that are trying to destroy America and <laughs> ship them over there where they'll like it there because they'll love the way the control is, right? Seems logical. Free tickets. Uh, almost like a student exchange program, but yeah. it's a, maybe 100%. a resident exchange program, yeah. right? You could see it in their eyes in Cuba, how much they would appreciate and love to have the opportunity to have what we have today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. On our worst day. Yeah. On our worst On day. On our worst day, right. Yeah. right. Hey, listen, people flee to the United States. Right. Exactly. No one's leaving here. Exactly. We're, we're the last beacon of light. There is no place to go if you choose to leave the United States. It doesn't get any better anywhere else in the world. Right. We, we have the best of everything here. Amen. Yes, we do have our flaws, but that's our job to fix those. Yeah. But in the process, we cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. We need to protect the rights that we have. For sure. All right. Well, we want to start wrapping up a little bit, but um, you know, we can't think about what's going on in in Venezuela and Cuba, and not think about uh, a very recent, a very raw and and newly developing situation. We are sitting in the studio on Monday, August 16th, um, and I believe it was just yesterday that the Taliban uh, took uh, Afghanistan, basically took the capital, Kabul, and you, you have, you know, you flew over Afghanistan, you, um, you know, have ties through the military, through your service there, and um, I just, you know, wanted to at least take a moment to acknowledge you know, that, that again, the people that, that are over there in Afghanistan, the people that trusted that we were going to help, you know, and they helped us and they helped us. And now, now we've got this horrible situation. 
It is, and the situation is still developing. Uh, you know, we're still early into this. I, I think the president is supposed to be offering a, a speak a speech to the American people this afternoon. I'm going to try to catch that, see if there's any new information to, to garner there. Uh, but you're right, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the people there in Afghanistan and, and as well as our own. Uh, from the initial onset, you know, this thing looks like an absolute train wreck. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to do what we can to try to rectify this issue, uh, not just for ourselves, but for the the people that we left behind there in Afghanistan who did trust us to come in and help them secure some form of liberty for themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And you uh, remind me, you sit on the, the veteran, the house veterans committee. Am I correct about that? I am. I'm a member of the house veterans committee. I'm also the house chair for the veterans caucus uh, here within our legislature. That's a bipartisan bicameral uh, caucus and we're we're visiting uh, with a few of our members there uh, about this issue over in Afghanistan uh, just to try to trade information there to get get up to date on the latest and greatest it's somewhat of a challenge right now like I said earlier because it's it's so new it is and I think it's going to be heartbreaking for veterans no matter where they land on the political spectrum and so I, I appreciate that you say you're a bipartisan committee um, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna have heartbreak across the board. People that you know really put their their heart and soul into the work that they have done over there, and friends that they've made over there, and uh, it's going to be a, a rough season, I think, for for veterans. Yeah, it it will be too. So you know we need to remember those who have fought, and those who have died, in an effort to to fight for our way of life. Uh, to fight for our freedoms and trying to fight for their freedoms as well. Absolutely. But make no mistake, when our military members put on that uniform, they're not doing that because they're Republican or Democrats. They're doing that because they are American to the core and they are fighting for American values. And we need to keep that in front of our minds as well. You know, when someone, when someone threatens the United States, when someone threatens our military, someone threatens our people, that is the perfect time for people to put policy arguments off to the side and say, hold up, Bubba. we can fight amongst ourselves, but, but you're not part of this party. <laughs> that's true. And, and that's time to take you out behind the woodshed. We're, we're going to have this out. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, you know, there will be some that, that try to politicize this issue. I don't see it being politicized uh, amongst our group here. We're looking at this through the lens of we're all Americans, and we've been there, done that, uh, and we need to support those troops as they come home. Amen to that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for all this time that you have given us. Uh, Representative Stiegel, can you tell folks how they can uh, support your uh, next campaign, how they can follow the work that you're doing, how they can weigh in on, on different, you know, areas of legislation that you're trying to work on, um, any of those things. Oh, I'd, I'd love to. So uh, anybody that wants to follow uh, the legislation or even uh, some of the really awesome resolutions uh, that I've been able to work and uh, get passed off the floor, 
uh, take a look at those on uh, jstegall.com, or you can find me on Facebook at uh, State Representative. Oh, and he went away. Well, we lost our signal uh, with Representative Stegall. But, but you can find him on our website and get all the links that you need there. Jay, I just want to tell you, we're praying for you to be uh, strong and to to fight all this stuff. And I also would love for our representatives here in Arizona to look at the example of that anti-red flag law and think about it for a second and say, how many laws do we have that are not constitutional? Mm -hmm. And why do we have them if you stood before you know, when you were when you were signed in and you said you would appeal the uphold the constitution tell me was there a but or a maybe if not this we won't mm -hmm. or was it i will defend the constitution mm -hmm. so let's defend the constitution and let's let's start removing some of these laws that are unconstitutional and i would fight with anyone that tells me that there's a red flag law out there that is constitutional there is not. There's not one. Show it to me. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, and so how to contact and follow the work that Jay Stiegel is doing. He has his own website, jstiegel.com. He is on Facebook at Vote Stiegel. And Stiegel is S-T-E-A-G-A-L-L. -L. He said, uh, what did he say? It's, it sounds like, um, uh, who's that actor? Uh Seagal. Steven Seagal, but with a T and less karate chops. I think yeah. he said it was very yeah. cute. Um, and then on Twitter, he is Jay Stiegel on Twitter. So be sure to reach out. And then every one of our guests has their own guest page. So you can go to gunfreedomradio.com and look up Oklahoma State Representative Jay Stiegel on there and click straight through to any of uh, his links. But he strikes me, Dan, as a someone who sees himself as a public servant yes as a representative of his constituents and you know we need to vote people like that into office not politicians who are in it for their resume right. or in it for their pocketbook um and i'm in know. it for the constitution that's what he's in it for he's in it for the constitution mm -hmm. i love how he said i don't know let's check the book right, right? And we're like, I'm gonna take a second. Yeah, let's just see what the book says. Huh? Our instruction manual, our our roadmap, our recipe book for the greatest experience. Wouldn't it be awesome if your next door neighbor complained liberty. about you? Excuse me, I'm sorry, but next door neighbor complained about you and said, "Hey, you know, you you have your trailer parked out in front of the yard, and it's against the law." And I go, "Hmm, I don't let's see that. Let me look at Constitution. <laughs> that, you know what? That's kind of a right I have." And it's not in here, so see ya. And they got to walk away, and it's done, right? <laughs> it, it'd be wonderful if we could do that. Nope, can't bother me there because Second Amendment says no. Nope, sorry. Yeah. But sure. anyway, which um, the Second Amendment doesn't have anything to do with parking your trailer. No, but there's the other house, parts of the Constitution that does. That's true. That's true. That's the point. The um, point is that, uh, that he is rights and whatnot. He is he is mm -hmm. a representative that is following the Constitution, and that's kind of rare. It, it mean, is. And it's wonderful. And he's a, a busy guy trying to do uh, liberty things in the state of Oklahoma. And he spent quite a bit of time 
with us today. And we appreciate that. Thank yes. you so much, um, Oklahoma State Representative Jay Stiegel. Also, um, I want to thank our listeners, Dan. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, when we interview somebody that's in a specific state working on something or laws or, or, or something that's specific to a state, we so appreciate that you don't just like bypass it or tune out. We so appreciate that you understand uh, you awesome listeners that we have all over the globe that what happens in one place does impact others. As um, Representative Stiegel was saying, Cuba, the communism in Cuba, how on earth is, is that bleeding into the mindset of our college students? How is Marxism, right, that's been proven through experimentation time and time and time again, communism time and time and time again, socialism time and time and time again, it's been proven through experimentation to fail and be a a killer of, of spirits and of people, somehow that is bleeding into our mindset. And so if that can happen, then what happens in one state, whether it be a positive thing, like an anti-red flag law or a negative thing, like a red flag law, it'll bleed into other states. Right. So thank you for, for staying, you know, focused and tuned in, even though we're talking about a specific, um, representative in a specific area of a specific state so what cheryl's trying to tell you all just to make a brief summary is <laughs> that there are red laws here's my cliff notes the red flag laws are being presented in almost every state and federally and that it's going to happen to you too so if you don't learn what other states did to it to prevent this which oklahoma has done then it will happen to you so our representatives need to look and see what's happened in Oklahoma. Absolutely. If you can make a red flag law that is constitutional 100%, talk to me about it. But you can't because you're taking away rights without due process. You're not, you're not giving due process. And it's needlessly hyper-focused on one specific right. class of tool. Right. How does that make any sense? Right. It doesn't. As Dan said, if the human being is the 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 core of the concern or right. threat right threat yes. to self or others then let's deal with the human being right and leave the the different classes of tools out of it right. you know so how do you remove everything from a person's world you can't it's right. it's actually makes more sense to you can't even use the word quarantine anymore it's been overused so how do we tell our quarantine listeners, the individual right. how do we tell our listeners how to follow us in other ways Hmm, let's see. So if you would like to watch this video again, or any of our videos, uh, you would go to the OpsLens smartphone app. Mm -hmm. You could go to gunstreamer.com, which is sort of the liberty loving version of YouTube, or just pop on into YouTube if we're still there. And uh, if they haven't kicked us off yet. And if you like to just listen to the audio only version. And not look at me. <laughs> um, then you would go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. All of the episodes we have posted there. When you want to see photos and bios and links to all of the guests and their works that we've ever had on all of the subject matter experts, click the guest tab. 
And uh, it is a huge resource that has built up over the years. And uh, when you spend time there, we don't hate that. Right, Dave? Right. right. All right. So what are we going to do until next time? Well, I want to do an extra prayer for Jay yeah. because uh, he's almost outnumbered. Mm-hmm. He is. He needs more people that, that want to do constitution work right. to, to help and go please, shoulder, shoulder please, to shoulder with him. There are several legislators, representatives that do believe in the constitution and follow the constitution. There are several. Just know that I I know that there are several that are working hard. Yeah. So to, we're going to pray for them. We'll pray for them. We're going to double pray for the ones that don't, that they see the light. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, freedom isn't free. Mm-hmm. And it's not a buckle five. It's not a buckle five. It's a lot more than that. It is. Yeah. And so when people give you free stuff. Let's ask Venezuela. Yeah. Cuba. How free, yeah. And Afghanistan. Let's ask them what how, freedom costs. And how free, how free are they? Yeah, how free are they? All right, yeah. we got to right. wrap up. But uh, yes, please pray for our nation. Pray for our world. Holy cow, what's going on right now? So much. Um, you know, and, and as Dad's, Dan said, even, even the politicians and the people in leadership positions that you don't like, please pray for them as well, maybe especially for them. You know, we say that every week and sometimes we laugh about it, but it's, it's a genuine, it's a genuine request. On yeah, our it's part. not like you're praying for them to be successful. What you're praying for them is to, to learn the values of, of the constitution of America and what we've, what we have become mm-hmm. and how to learn to see that. Absolutely. Right? right. For sure. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week.